0: you for tuning in to Late and Disorganized. As I always say, always state, I appreciate every listen and everyone who takes their time out of their day to listen to me ramble on. And as we always get started, we're going to get started with uh, the relationship segment. Um, one is This one is very dear to my heart as of late because I finally have established this relationship. Um, What is your relationship with God? Now me, I've um, never been into organized um, religion. Never been big on organized religion, never been big on church. Um, Most of the churches I've been to have been Very toxic. Um, It just well. Let me tell a story really quickly, uh, just to explain my relationship with um, church or my one of my experiences in church that really solid me on church. This was about, I believe I was uh, 17 or 18, and I was in um, the city of Baltimore. My sister at the time had found God before uh, I did, and she actually was into organized religion at this time. Now, um... I was going through a lot and I was looking for direction. So when she offered a church, I was open to it because, you know, I was looking for whatever sense of direction I could find. That's the uh, the direction I would go into. So I was open to going to church. So I went to church with her. You know, I had my regular clothes on, regular street clothes, because uh, she said, you know, she, she bigged up church, you know, you come as you are and God loves you, and the people there are going to love you, and everything like that, you know, so I was open, like, that's what I've heard before, you know, that's what I'm going to do, so I walk into the church, and immediately, all of the people that are there in their Sunday best are looking at me like I broke a law by coming as I am, and it wasn't me being having anxiety or me misinterpreting the situation, they were all looking at me like I, it was an insult for me to just show up at church as I am, which was strike one for me. So we get there, and my sister is introducing me to everyone at the church, and I understand because she's in the situation and I'm on the outside looking in. Everyone that we meet, you could tell that there's a hierarchy as far as the people's attitude as to where they felt on the hierarchy and how they talked to everyone else. Um, the deacons, the ushers, the uh, just everyone just had a, a air of superiority when dealing with someone that they felt was beneath them. And I could see this because I was on the outside looking in. Of course, if you've been in this situation and you've been going here, this is just normal to you. So you don't realize how different or counterintuitive, or it's just not what you would think a church should be or our church should be, which would strike too. So she introduced me to uh, the preacher's wife. And the preacher's wife was a a tall black lady, very done up, very made up, you know, looked like um, a a mix of Michelle Obama and Mary J. Blige, just tall, towering woman, kind of had an angelic uh, uh, aura to her. So she told the lady that this is my brother, this is his first time being in church. And she was like, okay, I'm going to make sure he's comfortable and everything like that. So... The church service is going on and this woman, now mind you, I'm I'm a teenager. This woman's like in her forties, fifties. She's sitting next to me and the whole time while the preacher's giving a sermon, she's like rubbing up on me. And the first time I when it first started happening, I thought she maybe she's, you know, a touchy feely person. I don't know, because I'm I, I don't like to be touched by <laughs> people that don't, don't know me. So First, she starts rubbing on my shoulders and rubbing on my arms. And I'm thinking that maybe she's just, it's some kind of consoling thing. And then the rubbing started to get down to my thigh and my knees and my inner thigh. And then it popped in my head like, hold on, this lady is <laughs> straight up, like, blessed to me. Like, it, it I, this isn't, I'm not imagining this. This is weird. And I'm looking around to see, if this is taking anybody else by surprise and no one else is looking at what's going on with me and her. They're just looking straight at this guy preach and it just felt like a cult. And that was strike uh, three. <laughs> so at some point, the guy is like the preacher is telling everyone that if you want to get anointed or I'm not sure what it was. He, Everyone's going to come up there and he's going to uh, put oil on your head and then say a prayer. And my sister's like, my brother wants to do it. And, you know, usher me up. No, it wasn't even my sister. It was the preacher's wife. He wants to do it and he he wants to be anointed. So I go up there and there's a line of people and there are people in front of me. So they go to the preacher and the preacher touches their head with the oil and they just start flaring around and being all dramatic each person like five five different people in front of me he would touch their head say something and then they would just freak out I guess you would call it the Holy Ghost in their mind so it gets to me he touches my head with the oil and he says a word and I just look at him like I'm not sure what this is supposed to be but you're just touching my head. Like, I'm not brainwashed like these people. So he's touching my head and I'm just looking at him. And as I look at him, you can see the anger building in him. Like, you're not playing your role. You're supposed to flare around and act like my touch, like, is doing something to you, like I'm God. And that was strike four. Because that was when I re- the totality. I realized the totality of what was going on. It was a cult. And it was a hierarchy. And playing into the cult and the hierarchy is how you get higher in the hierarchy. You act like this stuff is important to you. You act like this has a, a, a connection or an effect on you. And the deeper you can go into the church. And the more likely the church is willing to help you. And it's pretty much just a scam played on people that really need spirituality. And some people that just want to belong. And that was my one of my experiences at a church that just really soured me on church and the belief of God. Not only that the belief that for someone to say God cares about me and I look around the world and I see so many people going through so many things and it's like well if God cares about me why doesn't he care about them how can I sit here and say that this man, creator person being cares about me and wants me to be happy when there's so many disenfranchise and hurt people in the world and I went through my life not really being down with any of the, anything that dealt with God it was like you know when we die we just leave there is no rhyme or reason or purpose to this world there is no creator it was the way that I saw the world Now, as I got older, that got deeper instilled into me and at some point in my growth, I reached a point to where I guess some people would call it the beginning of the death of the ego, where everything that I believed of myself and everything around me came to a screeching halt and crashed and nothing made sense. And I was once again looking for direction. And this same sister who was religious and into the church had now transitioned beyond the church being the vessel for her connection to God. She put the word to me. She explained her journey. And her journey matched up with mine. It was a time when things got so hard and things got so bad in my head that on a drive home one night, it's dark and I'm just talking to God and I'm just like, I don't understand why I have so much of these problems. I don't understand why my upbringing wasn't what it should have been. I don't understand why my life is the way it is. I don't understand why you keep condemning me to this life and experience like this is all pointless and it's your fault if you exist. You don't want me to be happy. You just want to torture me. And if that's the case, why am I here? I should just end it and just be done with it. And I got so deep into my depression at that time that I actually did attempt to end it and something stopped me I had a like a a mini panic attack and I've never had a panic attack in my entire life in trying to uh, kill myself so I spoke to my sister about it and I didn't tell her that part but she told me about no 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 that I'm, I'm skipping ahead After this happened, I went for a drive uh, late night, one o'clock in the morning. And I got to a certain part of the city and I felt this unbelievable calm, this unbelievable peace. I cannot explain it. It was like. The world did not exist anymore. It was nothing, nothing mattered, but nothing mattered in a good way. And it lasted for maybe 20 minutes and then it left me and I could not explain it. It was the most peaceful I ever felt in my entire life. So I was telling my sister about this. And before I could get to that part, she herself explained how one night she got fed up and she cursed to God and she complained to God and she said God isn't listening. And she told me about how the, the the following day she had this feeling of peace and serenity that made her cry because it was like, I just got through pouring my heart out and cursing God and he sent an angel to bless my heart and give me a moment of peace through all the turmoil is when she knew she was touched by God. She said that that was the Holy Ghost. That was what those people pretended to have when we went to church. And it resonated with me because it was the same exact experience that I went through. The same exact experience that I went through she was repeating back to me. That opened my eyes to the reality that God exists. Now, after that point, I really started to open myself up to God. I started to talk to God. And nothing still was happening. I was still, like, rocked with depression and anger and hatred and unforgiveness And in my mind, I was thinking, it must have just been a one-time thing that he listened to me. I spoke to my sister again. My sister said, when you talk to God, are you being honest? Now, to me, yeah, I'm being honest, but I'm not being too honest because, you know, it's like talking to someone Who asks you a question, you're going to give them the light answer. You don't give them the direct thoughts out of your mind because, you know, there's a buffer to what you think and what you say. And she explained to me like, nah, when you talk to God, you got to talk to God in all honesty. God, because God knows what's in you. He's waiting for you to express it to him in all honesty. So on another late night drive, I, I I talked to God. I said, I said, God, I know that you're trying to talk to me. You're trying to help me. There are little pings here and there that I believe that you're trying to express what you're trying to express to me. But me, I'm hard-headed and I'm stubborn. I don't like to guess. I need to know what direction I'm headed I'm not like everyone else who who wants to figure it out. For me to believe in you, for me to believe that I am in your favor, I need you to be as clear as possible. And because I'm stubborn, if you're trying to teach me something, if you're trying to show me something, I need it to come from someone I respect. Some time went by and I started to feel the influence of God, but it was still mixed messages, still confusion. Like, I don't know what you want from me. You keep talking to me, but I don't know what you want. So one morning I'm driving to work and I'm trying to fight off the the anger and depression that I normally feel in the morning. So I'm listening to meditation about being positive and I hit a pothole. A pothole bends my rim, my tire goes flat. Now, normally... I'm in a situation like that... I would go down a rabbit hole of anger like... God damn it, can, nothing can go right. I'm so sick of... For some reason... I had the mindfulness to tell myself... That whatever negativity I feel about this situation going down that path is not beneficial it will not help me so the best thing I can do right now is to be positive replace this tire and then go to work now in being positive and not following the path that I normally go I felt a relief a release I felt like I had wings I can't really explain it so I, I needed to get the tire replaced I went all around Charleston I found one place that that um, fixes rims but they were closed so in the meantime I had to uh, get a replacement um, rim because I can't drive around the donut so the best place I could think of was to go to one of the junkyards and find a comparable wheel to the one I have. So I go to one junkyard. I tell the lady, you know, I got a 17-inch wheel on this um, Impala. So I need a 17-inch wheel. She's like, oh, yeah, there's a, there's a couple of Impalas on the lot, about eight. They all got 17-inch wheels. You'll be able to find the wheel. So I go out there. Every Impala I go to, 16-inch wheel. Now I don't know anything about cars, and I'm thinking, man, does that, does that inch really matter? And something inside me say, you know, call some people that you know that can lead you in the right direction. And at the same time, I'm get I feel guilty because I I I don't these are family members that I I really ever call. I don't know why I just. I don't feel too connected to my family, not their fault, totally me, but I never called them, and I felt like if I called just to get advice, I'm only calling when I need something, which is one of my biggest pet peeves about others, and I don't want to do that to someone else because I know how that feels. so I'm not calling them, and I'm standing out there in this uh, junkyard, big junkyard. Six miles deep. I'm on a road by myself that's about about a mile deep. And I'm thinking, like, God, this will be a great time for direction because I don't know what to do. And then this guy in a mechanic jumpsuit comes out of nowhere. Comes out of no fucking where He walks past me. I say, What's up? He says, What up? He goes about ten feet, turns around, comes back. He said, Hey young blood. You know anything about cars? I'm like, I don't know nothing about cars. He starts asking me questions. I'm like, I already told you, I don't know anything about cars. And then he just starts talking to me about why he's out there. He's talking to me about his wife and his life. And it's, it's amazing because I, I don't know how this conversation got initiated, but he's just going in depth. So he gets done talking. And before he's like, All right, I, I, um, I hope you uh, find what you're looking for. And I said, hey, man, you know anything about cars? He said, I know little. I said, if if I get this, this wheel, I got a 17-inch rim, but this is a 16. If I get this just for a temporary use, you think it'll be a problem? Now, mind you, before I asked him, I was out there thinking I didn't want to get this. I didn't just want to take the 16-inch the the wheel because if I take it home and it don't fit, I'm going to feel like an asshole. I'm going to feel like a jackass. You know what this man said? This man said, I I don't think it's going to have a problem, but the last thing you want to do is take that wheel home. It don't fit and you feel like a jackass. Then he said, you need to call someone you trust before you make that decision. Now, I just got through speaking to God honestly, telling God exactly what I need From him, for me to believe and trust in him, which is I'm stubborn and I need direct direction. He sent someone who was piloted by an angel, they wore a mechanic suit, so I'm going to respect what he's saying, and then directly repeated back to me what I was apprehensive about. I said, man, if that ain't a message from God, I don't know what is. So I called my people. They gave me great advice. They weren't bothered that I hadn't spoken to them in a long time. Made me feel great. And then for the rest of my day, I felt like my day was touched by God. From that point on, Every time I spoke to God, I spoke directly from the heart. Even if I'm being critical of the way that I express myself. Even if I am critical of the way that I'm expressing myself, I'm being, it's just raw and honest. From that point, everything that God has shown me has been from people I respect and direct answers based on the conversations that I only have in my own head. These people are repeating things that I think to myself without me even expressing to them that I thought it. I'm getting exactly what I asked for. Now, most people, when they pray to God, they ask for riches they ask for family members to be healed they ask for miracles I never wanted to ask for a miracle only because I always felt that you won't get the miracle you'll get the experience that puts the miracle in perspective. And that's oftentimes a tough experience that in the moment you won't recognize as the hand of God. You say you want to be rich and a lot of Negative things happen and you end up somewhere where you end up next to someone who grew up in an affluent family that lives a negative life and is depressed and feels horrible. And if you're not mindful, you're thinking, God isn't helping me. He's not laying his hand on me. But what he's doing is he's showing you that that thing you want won't bring you happiness and once you are able to recognize that this thing I thought I wanted won't bring me happiness it'll put it in perspective what will make you happy once you understand what will make you happy speak directly to God and he'll guide you. Another thing that always made me iffy about believing is if I'm chosen, what about all the others? And the messages I kept getting back in, in meditation and in speaking with people that were way more spiritual than me and speaking with people I respected. The same message, the same direct message that I kept ignoring because I did not want to believe it to be true. And that message is you, that message is you are where you are supposed to be. And then you feel selfish, like, well, this kid's dying in Africa through the starvation, and I got enough to get something to eat why is it cool for me to be here and they they struggling and at that point I had perspective from the Lord if where we go after we pass is immensely more beautiful, wonderful forgiving peaceful than where we are now whatever suffering we have while we're alive is a blip on the radar. If that child that passes away in Africa had a parent that had a traumatic reaction to that situation and goes on a drive To make sure that no one in that village dies of hunger again. That child's death was for a reason. As painful as... It was. See, the problem is that we we try to think and understand God. But it's like when your child asks you for something... And it's a young child. And the reason why you're saying no is complex. And you can't really break it down to where they're going to be okay with the explanation. And you just say, because I said so. That child doesn't have all of the wisdom that you have about the world enough to grasp why you're saying no as smart as we are, we're only here for 75 years and we only have history, the books that we can read that go back but so far. At best, 75 years, even if you live to 100. God is infinity. We can't know what he knows. All we can do is trust God that he knows was best for us. When I look at my past, and I look at everything that happened with my parents and everything that happened with my family, everything that happened with everyone that I've ever met, there's always been a lesson that I realized later that made me appreciate the experience, because I have a greater appreciation for the present because of trials and tribulations from the past. Now I don't know why I'm here or what my purpose is but I know that he has a purpose for me and me understanding my past And learning from our past and appreciating the present is the catalyst or the ingredient for whatever comes in the future. A broke man can get money and appreciate that he has money but blow 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 through it because he doesn't understand the value of money. But when a broke man gets money and loses money, and gets money and loses money, and gets money, then gets the understanding of how to handle money, the value of money, appreciates what the money can do, understands what the money can't do. He has a well rounded view of money. So then when he gets money in abundance. That's when it will matter. So you can get handed money right now. It won't matter because you won't understand the gift that you've been handed. Until you lose it. So why not give you trials and tribulations. So you can get that gift. And don't have to lose it to appreciate it. That's my relationship with God. He's shown me so many things in life. With the lesson, as far as I can tell. That you don't have to lose it to know how special it is when you have it.